Good evening, everybody. We are here with our Q&A session 143, number the 12th. Well, that's not a good thing to say, right, Sammy? When I'm out of station and you have to put one of the old ones, the date will show, right? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here we are and uh, we have so many questions. We won't be able to do all the questions, maybe just a few, so many questions today. But we thank God again, once again, for the questions. Before we go to the actual Q&A, we should look to the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Father. We just thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are there, never changing. Yes, Lord. All-powerful, mm. King of kings and Lord of lords, O oh Lord. That your kingdom is truly coming. And it gets closer by the day, by the hour. We thank you, Father that you are not our enemy, but that you are our Father. Mm. And this evening here, we commit ourselves into thy hands, O Lord. Speak through us, even as we answer the questions. We do not have all the answers, mm. but we trust you for the answers. Help us to be true to your spirit, Lord, and to your word. Thank you, thank, thank you, you Father. Thank, thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor, should we start? Yes. So the first question will be the last couple of questions in our uh, list. <clears throat> um, let's talk, we are talking about the elections. Um, what a sad turnout so far. We are still praying for the Republicans. Do we have a chance? I am a Republican, a Trump follower, but we worship God, not Trump. Would you say <clears throat> the USA... Republicans are losing due to the right to abortion, my body, my choice, my mind, etc. And God is not pleased with the USA. That is so sad. Would you agree? He's allowing them to have their way and burn in the fires of hell if they do not repent. Okay. I knew this would be coming. <laughs> uh, well, first going into it, uh, you, we need to understand democracy is the will of the people. And the kingdom of God is the will of God. And usually it's difficult to reconcile this unless the people are asking and praying for the will of God to be done. This election, of course, there was this, let us say, if you want to say hype, that there was a red wave. There are two ways of looking at it. One, yes, there was a red wave. You didn't get the seats. But the Republicans have got around 5 million votes, more than the Democrats, which usually never happens. Like if you go by the election two years back, this stolen election, Biden was supposed to have got 10 million votes, more than Trump. But this election, the Republicans have got 5 to 6 million votes, more than popular vote. Mm -hmm. popular vote, more than. So Democrats will be always quiet now because always they say popular vote should be counted. Now they won't say that because it doesn't fit their narrative. But again, um, you see, like I said, if you look into the Bible, the way God dealt with Israel, and the way God dealt with the other nations were never the same. It's very dangerous to make a covenant with God. Not dangerous. I wouldn't say dangerous. It's good to make a covenant with God because once you are in a covenant relationship with God, what happens is the discipline of God comes mm. upon you. It's not judgment. It's a discipline of God comes with you. And through the discipline, what he does is he separates those who are his and those who are not his. It's like Israel went into judgment. 
into discipline, into Babylon. And those who came out were his. Mm. Amen. Those who were not just loved and were disappeared in human history. And that's how God does. U.S. is a different case study altogether compared to other nations is that uh, their forefathers also made a covenant with God. Okay, and like 400 years of that time is over. But specifically looking at this election, uh, honestly looking at uh, what more could God do to waken up our people? Because if you look at a popular election barometer, everything was going against in that nation. Everything. You want to talk about inflation, recession, crime. Everything was going against the nation. So it was very easy for people to make a choice. But there was an another undercurrent that was happening. If you look at if you look at the statistics that is coming out, the election was turned by a particular group, those are between eighteen to thirty. Eighteen years to thirty years. They came out and voted for the Democrats by almost a margin of plus 18 to plus 20 or 30 percent. They went out and voted for them. In their minds, there are only two issues. If you look at wherever, whichever states these ballot initiatives were there, they had two issues. One was abortion, and the other was legalizing marijuana. Now, honestly, look into our own church. Let's forget them for a second and look into our own church. Think about an average 18-year-old kid. What common sense does that 18-year-old child have to make such an important decision, which is valid for four years in U.S. and five years in India, to make a decision who will rule you, who will govern you? I think one of the worst decisions every government has made, even here, is to give an 18-year-old child child, literally a child, to vote. Because it does not have the maturity to make those decisions. But 18-year-old, 18, 19, 20, they are, they are there in their millions. And when they make a choice, you know, the choice goes through. If you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 12 and 13. 12, 13, 12, and we'll first look at 12. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O oh, my people, those who lead you, cause you to err and destroy the way of your paths. Literally, it fits in with the narrative right now. Hmm. There was one set of leaders, and they were appealing to the young people and to the women. Undercurrent was there, very strong appealing to the young people and to the women. That's your rights, your choice. And what has happened? The Lord stands up to plead and stands to judge the people. Let's have the next verse also. Okay. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders of his people and his princes. For you have eaten up the vineyard. The plunder of the poor is in your houses. And we see that happening. We see that happening. Which I'm not saying it is over. I'm not saying it is over. But uh, the house is not decided yet. I mean... I mean, we, we, they call us a third world country. Our elections are better than theirs. Yeah. Our results are out the same day, we know. And when was their election? It's still not decided yet. Okay, because uh, we call them Democrats. And you need to understand, they're not Democrats, okay? They're just a misnomer. They're not Democrats. They're communists. 
an entire generation of young people in the schools and colleges have been literally be brainwashed with communism. Brainwashed with communism. The issue with communism is this. You see that anywhere in the world, communism is this. In communism, the end justifies the means. This is our target. And as long as we reach the target, it doesn't matter what way we choose. The kingdom of God does not work like that way. The end is already decided. It's there. Hmm. War is over. Kingdom of God is coming. So God is not looking at what we are looking to the end. He's looking at how we are doing things. That's something which we need to be very, very careful. How are we doing things? That's where the difference between how a believer looks at an election result and an unbeliever looks. For the believer, of course he's sad and of course he's disappointed. But he has been birthed into a living hope. His hope never goes. Our hope is never in this world. Our hope is in the world that is coming. So that cannot be touched by election results. If the election results had gone the way we expected, of course we would be excited. But for how many more years? Ultimately, things have it's been written. It is going to go down. It is going to go down. Okay, so we need to realize what happened in the election is basically, and also you need to realize the the. Jesus also said, "Be wise like the serpent." The people in the world, he said, are very smart, very smart. They have a wisdom that is demonic, demonic, but. Per se, the wisdom is not wrong. It is a wisdom of the serpent because he was made perfect in wisdom. But they use the wisdom in very crooked ways. Mm. Okay, very, very crooked ways. But what I look into the results and what I see in US is that we use that term. Balkanization has taken place. The blue states have become bluer. The red states have become redder. But the surprise, if you noticed, has happened is in New York. If the Republicans get the House, it will be because of New York State. Zeldin came out to 47% in New York. New York is a blue-blue state. And he came to 47 And it had a rippling effect on the ticket. The lower Congress, lots of seats were turned flipped. over, mm-hmm. flipped over. Okay, flip over. And of course, all the media, the, all of them have turned against uh, Trump. And like what he said, we don't worship Trump. We worship God. But we side with Trump is because he's the only one who has consistently stood for things which we stand for. Okay, I'm, he's, he's not a very, very typical politician, polished politician. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, you know, all kind of things are being said about him. But I'm asking those people, go back two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, ten weeks, six months back. Take Trump out of the picture. Trump decided six months ago, I am retiring from politics. Would the Republicans stand a chance in the election? No. No. They wouldn't have stood a chance. Okay, It's very easy to say, but because you are taking a, a picture out, you take Trump out, the Republican Party would not have got even what they got now. Because you need to you need to ask this question. Why did in the previous election they bring a person like Biden 
to represent the Democratic Party. I mean, you look at Biden, and you know he shouldn't be there. He should be in a senior citizen home. He shouldn't be there anywhere near, not even anywhere near a knife because he might hurt himself. You look at him, he shouldn't be anywhere close. So you need to ask this question, why did they put him in? You need to understand American politics is not like the rest of the world. Mm. America is a very huge country in terms of landmass, huge country. Our internet connectivity in India is better, better than the US. Some of the parts of US, yeah. Yeah, okay, better mm. than US, True. most mm. many parts of US. They do not access media, news like we do. So to win in America is not very easy. A presidential election is not very easy. You need name recognition. You need name recognition. That's why they brought Biden, because he was vice president for four years, senator for so many donkey's years. So they looked at the entire democratic setup. There was nobody people knew. Trump, when he came in, was already a well-known personality because of his TV shows and all. So that's how it works. So even now when you're looking at, they, okay, they are trying to bring Ron Santos and Youngkin and all that. But you know what? We need to understand. Ron Santos may do well in parts of U.S., but most of U.S. doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know him. Doesn't. To sell him to the rest of U.S. will not be, be easy. easy. Yep. Will not be easy. Will not be easy. They have to think. Okay, we, we need to realize there is a part of Republicans who are demonic. They may say the right things, but their loyalty is not to God. Their loyalty is for power. The Democrats, all of them are demonic. Anyway, the modern Democrats are all demonic. It's simply because, you know, you cannot stand for their values and say, I am a Christian. It's not about the party. It is what you are standing for. You have to look. Because the Democratic Party is absolutely open now. Open now. Okay, like they're anti-God. They're very anti-Christian. They have to use the term Christian openly because otherwise they won't, they will lose votes. And they're absolutely for the culture of death, abortion, absolutely, and destroying the children. And uh, see, uh, this is how it happens. It's Mao who's, uh, not Mao, it's Lenin who said, give me a generation. That's it. Give me a generation. I will change the nation. Change the future. Okay? Change the future. Change the nation. Just give me a generation. And if you look at this is the tactic, the enemy, communism, the demons, the, de- the demonic realm, the antichrist regime has used in Europe and in America. The Western Christian civilization nations, Europe and America. They have literally taken Europe and taking America without firing a single shot. Because the communists know, unlike Koreas and Vietnam and China and all, you cannot militarily fight and win in Europe or America. And we are seeing it in Ukraine. They're not able to win. You cannot win because the sheer superiority of their weaponry is like that. You cannot win. So they are winning without firing a shot. And how do they win? They win by two things. One is the mind. The second is the body. Okay. When it comes to the mind, it is drugs. Let us accept the fact the Western young people, drugs is flowing, unrestrained. 
Can you happen them? I think it is in California that measure to legalize psychedelic mushroom may pass. Okay, you need to realize. Okay, we are not talking about recreational marijuana now. We are talking about psychedelic mushroom. That is the point that they are coming in. Okay, they are coming in. The, 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 the drug trade is being aimed at the young people. Okay, and the simple thing is that why is abortion such an issue? You need to think about why is abortion such an issue? You would think about, I mean, I mean, it is put across so beautifully, like it's your body, your choice. They are trying to tell that they will appeal to the woman's mind. They are trying to appeal to the woman's mind. They are trying to take your autonomy of your body, take your rights away. But at the core of abortion, the core of abortion, what is it basically? You need to ask yourself, what is it basically? Because the statistic says, I forgot the actual percentage, the percentage of unmarried women who voted, voted for the Democrats. Why? It is not about abortion. It's about sex. It is not abortion. Because you cannot have pregnancy unless you have sex. You don't need abortion if you don't have sex. So abortion is actually connected with premarital sex. So you have drugs and premarital sex and it sold it as rights. You have taken over the minds and the bodies of the young people. They are destroyed. They are destroyed. This is how they have taken over the Western society without firing a single gunshot. They have taken over their minds. And once that is taken over, it is very difficult. You know what? Even a normal church will not be able to save them because they need to be delivered. They need, they need deliverance. The preaching has to be the preaching of deliverance. Preaching, their minds have to be delivered, their bodies have to be delivered. So you need to realize, America is breathing heavily, last legs, kind of, because our generation is going down very. Of course, I'm, I'm not saying it is over. I'm not saying it is over. But God is also saying it's not going to be easy, because He gave us the free will to choose. That's the point. Huh? He gave us the free. I said, He said, I said before, life and there. death, <laughs> and the blessing and curses, and choose, hmm. like you know. Let me tell you honestly, I am not per se for the Republicans or those agendas of the Republicans because if you look at a population of the Republicans, they are not fighting for values which are connected with the kingdom of God. Mm. When they talk about what they are fighting for freedom, their freedom is the freedom to have fun. Okay. So don't confuse the Republicans are all Christians and Democrats are all non-Christians. No, it's not true. Republicans are not all Christians. They are not. There may be common values of freedom, mm. liberty, this thing. But even that freedom or liberty is always not for the right thing. Mm. It's not for the right thing. Because the women had a choice. The women had a choice. Your children are being destroyed. You're talking about the autonomy of the body. And the, the, the communists, the leftists, because we all came, we all came from that background of these universities. We were talking, <laughs> we were talking in the flight, we were talking to this, we were everywhere, we were talking about, and I was telling Pastor Vijay, you know what? These are things which they are talking about. We learned 30, 30 years ago. ago. 30 years ago, we learned in the university. Mm. This is how they put it across. You need to realize this all, the fall started with the uh, 
Darwin and his thesis. Because first you have to take about God, God creation out and bring evolution in. But once you have brought evolution in and denied the existence of God, when you deny the existence of God, when you're talking about the existence of God, we are talking about the Christian Judeo God yes. who is absolute. So once you have denied the existence of God and brought evolution in, then what has happened? When you have decided, taken God out, you have taken absolutes out. There are no absolutes. There's no absolute truth. That's why you have relative truth on mm. which they work. Mm. You have no absolute truth. So once you do not have absolute truth, Everything they say is like, it's a construct. Everything that is, society itself is a construct. So if something is a construct, you can deconstruct it. And then reconstruct. That's exactly what they are trying Mm. to do. They are first deconstructing the entire Western civilization that is built on Judeo-Christian values. They are deconstructing it. And then reconstructing it in a completely different system in which the Antichrist wants. And that's why I see at 12, where women rule, children are oppressors. 3-12. Children are oppressors. So how is it sold to the woman? The, the, it, it is true. And honestly, if you look, even in India, it's women who rule when it comes to politics. Because the majority of the people, every election who vote are women, not men. See, you don't have to do anything by... But just by choosing your leaders, you have that power to choose your leaders. If you look at the elections, you look at the percentage in India who votes, it's the women who vote more. In democracies, how does that? What is, politicians are very smart. Mm. They will appeal to the women. They will appeal to the women. They will appeal to the women. They will appeal to the young people. The young people are not thinking 30, see, the one thing common about young people and women like the Bible talks about, is that both are uh, emotional. They are not using reason. Mm-hmm. They are not thinking 10 years from now, 20 years from now. So you need to realize they have decided everything because they don't believe in God. They don't believe in absolutes. They believe everything is a construct. So if everything is a society itself is a construct. We have to reconstruct it. And what they have to First, before they can reconstruct, they have to um, deconstruct. Deconstruct. It's called, um, no, it's Jacques Lacan and Derrida who has the theory. Both French uh, philosophers who have a deconstruction as a theory. Okay, so what they are trying to deconstruct is first patriarchy. First, they are deconstructing patriarchy, and we do not know that spirit is very strong. And I'm honestly, I'm telling you, most of the issues you face in your homes are not financial issues. Though finance is a factor. But that is not a factor if the home is happy. Because issues can be discussed mm -hmm. and dealt with and peaceably prayed over and God will come through. But the issues you do not realize, you're working over a cloud. And the cloud is this cloud of deconstruction. So women do not know in the home, Christian women do not know in the home why they struggle to submit. And men do not realize why they struggle to lead. They have no clue. It's a spiritual weight bearing upon because we are coming to the end of the age where the enemy is trying to deconstruct and reconstruct the world in his image. But let me tell you, at the end, he will turn against the woman. Right now, the woman is trying to to ride the beast. The woman is riding the beast. But the Bible says he will turn around and then rip her apart. Because whenever the communists have taken over in any nation, the the ones who suffered are the women and the children. And the children. They will just rape them, kill them, massacre them off. They will not. 
Okay, you need to realize that's what's happened. So the, what they are trying to do is first they are trying deconstructing. And that's why. So you have to deconstruct everything. When you deconstruct everything, one thing they will not accept is first. There is no difference between sexuality, male and female. Hmm. First they deconstructed marriage. It's not between one man and a woman. It is it can be two men, two women. Deconstructed that. They are deconstructed sexuality. They deconstructed marriage and legalized it. You need to understand. Next, in the last two years, they are deconstructing gender. gender. God made the male and female. It's not talking about sex. It's talking about gender. Masculine and feminine. They, that's why you have gender fluidity talking about boys saying they are girls, girls saying they are boys, and men saying, you know what? Now they are deconstructing gender. So they are reconstructing our society there is nothing called patriarchy or matriarchy, nothing called male or female, nothing called masculine or feminine. But they will sell it to you very subtly by appealing to rights. Hmm. So minute you sin, I mean, let us be honest. Let's look in the context of the church. When a Christian husband and a Christian wife fight over an issue, what the man says, it is not written, you should submit to me in all things as unto the Lord. So what are they standing on? They're standing on the right. You need to realize, outside of the devil sells that. It's your body, your choice. The government is trying to come in and control your bodies. But there's an issue over here. The issue here is that, you know, yes, if I'm a woman, it is my body, I can make a choice. It's my life, I can choose, I can make my choice. But the problem is, once I have conceived, the problem is in my body, I carry another body, which in, in itself is an individual. Now, there is an issue between two rights of two persons. That's why they will refuse to accept the baby and call it by terms like fetus. It's not an individual. It's not a person. It's not a soul. It is not a soul. So we need to always understand in these things is that as a Christian, how do we look at it? look at it is one, we look at it from a positive aspect. We are very positive because of the reason the war is over. Only one, yes. mm. We are not fighting to win the war. Mm. It was one, two thousand years ago. It is over, finished, done. But we are in a battle. We are in a battle. And the issue here is in each generation there is no guarantee you will win the battle. But the side you choose to be in will determine your eternity. Mm. Determine your eternity. Because you don't win the battle, another side is winning the battle, and you choose to go on to the other side, you will be in trouble in eternity. If you choose not to choose a side also, you will be in trouble. You know what Jesus said? Yeah. Those who do not gather with me Just scatter abroad. will scatter abroad. So when sort of these that. issues come in, like, you know, about like abortion, pro-choice, poor, you cannot remain neutral. Hmm. Oh, what is the point anyway, the whole country? It is not about the country, it's about you. What is your choice? It doesn't matter, 60% of the people will go this way. It is not that what matters. The question is, what is your choice? What are you choosing? Do you believe in absolutes? Do you believe in absolutes? That is where it is important. It is important. Because we look into the word of God. The, you see, this is 
Everything is connected with one event. You need to realize one event. Everything is connected to one event. The second coming of Jesus Christ. And about that one event, God hasn't given us a time. It could be tomorrow. Let me ask you this question. If Jesus Christ was to come on November the 15th, does his election result matter? No. No. But what you chose matters. matters. The result doesn't matter. But what you chose during the election matters. Mm. What were you? What did you vote for? In your ballot, many initiatives were there. What did you choose will matter. That is why God in his incredible mystery of his wisdom did not make known to man, the church, one thing when he is coming. When he is coming. The only thing he says is, occupy till I come. Blessed is the servant who is found doing his will when he comes. And the will of God is very clear. The will of God is always with absolutes because God is absolute. He never changes. He never, his truth never changes. His word never changes. So even when we look at Republicans, you need to realize, I forgot, where is Youngkin from? Is he from NC or SC? South Carolina. Uh, huh? He's a virgin. Yeah. Do you see Youngkin came through and he won that governor, this thing. But in Virginia, this time they lost seats. Nobody expected them to lose seats in the Congress in Virginia. But why did they, why did they lose? The same mothers, two years ago, whenever Virginia had its election, who brought the Republican in over because of CRT in the schools, the same women voted for abortion. So you can believe in one thing, and you cannot believe in another thing. But you cannot, you cannot be that way. You cannot be that way. Okay, And this is where the issue comes. You see, when Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. He was absolutely very, very clear about it. And it really works in all of our lives. And let's mean we are not talking about Freemasonry or what is happening or altars. But most people are split. Most people are split because they do not accept absolutes in every area. Hmm. So some area of your life you may be serve, trying to serve two masters. Hmm. Two masters. Maybe trying to serve two masters, and in that area you will realize you will struggle. In those areas, when God demands something, you actually dislike it because you are split in that area. So God is trying to make every saved child of His whole, where we have absolutes into every mm. area. It may differ from something one way or other. Let us say, let us have Richie over here. Let us say, I'll put a simple example: Richie. Let us say Richie is working; he's married with three children, and he really struggles financially. And whenever he hears, be faithful in giving to the Lord, he struggles. Because his struggle is finances. But the question is, that is where his absolute is. Does God come first in my finances? Or do my needs come in first? Mm. You know what? Even when he gives, she's not very happy about it. Because you know what? Inside there are two masters. So in that area, he will split Another person, it may not be that at all. He may be an unmarried Christian who loves the Lord, but he struggles with lust or sex or porn or whatever. And there God demands one master. You know where? 
there he will struggle. And as he keeps on struggling, he splits there. You need to realize Jesus is trying to make us whole. So there are a lot, and the devil is very, 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 very subtle how he attacks people, okay, or married Christian homes. It may be a, a woman, good woman, married woman, wife, and she struggles with submission. Struggle. Because you are living in a culture where you don't have to submit. Because you have been told in democracy, people are the king. People are the king. Okay. And especially 21st century women. Because what happens with 21st century women is that all our children, daughters, especially, unlike previous generation, not just went to school. Previous generation, they went into higher education real higher, and they were taught career. They were never taught home. They were taught career. They were taught career. They were taught career. They were not, they were not, let us, I don't want to use, because these are all words the wicked one also uses. Grooming is a word the wicked one uses. They were not brought up by mothers, like you need to be educated, but remember, home is fundamental. Mm. Because a wise woman builds a home. That was not what they were told. They were always told career is fundamental. So you know what our mothers, they said, no, go study, 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 go study. And then they got a job. And today they all go to other cities to work and all. So you know what happened. The woman suddenly had independence, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, okay? For a man or a woman to be independent is not a bad thing. As long as you surrender to God, it is fantastic. But that's the liberty God gives you. Only thing, I should not have a liberty apart from God because that liberty will destroy me. And God is, see, when God gave the Ten Commandments, they are not bad, they are good. He says, you skip this and you live there, you will prosper like Joseph. That's why Joseph's blessing is different from the other twelve. Joseph is like a fruitful bough planted by the well. His branches are going across the wall. He's got walls. He's got, Joseph has got walls. The ten brothers don't have walls. He's got walls. He's kept within the boundaries God has set. And you know what? He's planted by the well and he's blossoming and he's a blessing to his home, to his household, to a nation, to all nations. That is basically what God is saying. Mm, yes. But we don't realize mm-hmm. the real liberty comes only when you're submitted to God. Otherwise you are a slave. But what happens with men and women of 21st century is like, like people like me, even me as men, Pastor Vijay and all, we didn't grow in homes. We grew up in hostels. So when we grew up in hostels, what happened, I mean, at least me after plus two, we grew up in hostels, you know what? We were not very connected to the home. We are not very connected, or most people now. So this whole idea about a home, whole idea about a home, you're so distant from your parents. You're so distant from your home. and But we forget we are going to a place where home is fundamental. Yeah. So men have grown up. Women have grown up. Then they grew up in hostels. Then they worked in other towns. And all have grown up with a concept about independence, which is primarily at the core, is selfish, mm. not selfless. On the other hand, if a person grows in a home, in a real, natural, good home, you cannot be selfish because yeah. there will be so many responsibilities demanded from you. Mm, absolutely. 
It's a natural, it's a natural process. You cannot, you cannot be. Home is not like a church where you come on Sunday, few people have worked, got everything ready, the others come like spectators here, they go and say what a great service, but they did nothing. Home, you are living there. And everybody is demanded to do certain things. And if you grow in that kind of a setting, you know what? You have freedom, you have liberty, you have joy, everything. But all comes with responsibilities. Okay? Mm. So you not only have rights, you have responsibilities. And your rights are determined by how you discharge your responsibilities. If you don't respond, discharge your responsibilities in a home, the discipline is your rights are taken away for a season until you learn to do your responsibilities. But today you have a generation growing up who have only rights and no responsibility and they are only responsible to themselves. You know why? Because they were brought up that way and they make their money very easily. That's true. Very easily. Money comes in very easily. Old days, money did not come easy. You needed to really, really work hard to make your money. So what has happened? You have created a system that is going. And that's a system in which the devil will come. The Bible says he's a flatterer. Mm. He will flatter people. How does he flatter? He will talk to you only about your rights. He will not talk about your responsibilities. And I'm telling you two things. One has got to do with your mind. The other has got to do with your body. And both they are connected because people don't understand. That's why the demonic or the unbelieving people uh, reject what happens to the soul. Once you have gone into drugs, drugs, okay, once you've gone into drugs, it messes your soul up. Messes your soul up. Second, once you had an abortion, abortion, it messes your, it messes your soul up. Exactly. That's that yeah. that my question also. Mm-hmm. So if a person has, is it not, uh, can we not educate the people and say that, you know what, even if you have a child and you don't want it, we have a culture in a country where even if you don't want a child, there's a, there's a bunch of people. Yeah, who but, that, that's, but they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. They just don't want, they don't even, I mean, be practical, even our own dear children in the church, almost Every young one of them, by the time they labor once, they are already thinking about C-section because they don't want to go through that pain. <laughs> okay. Give me one shot. I don't want to go through that pain. Okay. Now, thank God, because of the education they have received and they believe that at least they went through the nine months of nausea. Now, when somebody is not a believer, that girl does not even want to go through any of these things. I don't want to go through this discomfort. You know, they, I mean, you need to realize we have raised up a generation which is so shallow. It's absolutely outward, outward, because they are not even looking at the child. They are looking at what? Get pregnant? Pregnant? I will lose, I will gain weight. I will lose my shape. Okay. They are not even thinking about, forget about nine months of pregnancy. They are immediately thinking about what it will do to their body. That's this Facebook, I mean, what we call it? Uh, selfie. Selfie generation. It's all outward. I mean, absolutely. You, you actually talk to them, you will be shocked. They have no substance. And they've been made like that. They're practically soulless. I'm not saying they don't have a soul. But the soul has never been fed with the values of the kingdom. 
So what happens is, once you have, you are into into drugs, you get into drugs. And I'm talking about somebody who's outside the kingdom. Get into drugs, your soul is affected. And so is abortion. Once you have an abortion, your soul is affected because you cannot shed blood exactly. and, not uh, exactly, be, and exactly. not your soul be affected. Exactly, exactly. When you take drugs, you are sinning against your yes, own sir. soul, mm. your own soul, because mind is one of those important part of your soul. Your mind is messed up with drugs. And your the girl, young girl who goes, okay? So what is the way out? The way out is you have to come back, come to Christ. He's the only one who can deliver you. And that's why they hate Christ. They use Christ, but they hate Christ. They, they, in, in, in US, they will use Christ. If you look in Europe, they don't use at all. They will, use, they will not use the name of God at all. Because they don't need to anybody. Because they're not, uh, Christianity is gone. Christianity is gone. So they don't need the name of Christ to be used for words. Hmm. For words. So Europe doesn't use it. But America has to use it. You have to say you're a Christian. Otherwise, you will not get enough words to swing an election in any state. You cannot say, I am not Christian. If you say you are not Christian, then you will not win. Okay, So you have to say you are a Christian. America is the last country in the world where you still to win a national election, you have to say you are a Christian. You cannot say openly come out and say you are not a Christian. So if you look at all kinds of people have won this time. I'm not saying it is over, it is finished, but you need to realize this is the agenda. The West has been taken over by the communists. By the communists. Literally, the minds have been taken over without a single shot being fired. Otherwise, if you are a U.S. citizen, actually U.S. citizen, naturalized, born U.S. citizen, you look at what was happening in the last two years. Your country has been ruined. The inflation, the jobs, the COVID lockdown, the violence, 5 million plus or we don't know how many million illegal immigrants flooding, homelessness in the cities, children dying of drugs in a fentanyl or whatever it's called, to kill America 10 times over. It's being flooded in. All these things happening over there. And you know one particular party is entirely responsible for it. And you go and vote for for them. All warped And simply based upon one agenda. Or just think about uh, this state, you know, where that man called Fetterman won. I mean, who would vote for for Fetterman? You need to think about the people who voted for Fetterman. Fetterman. I mean, you, I'm, I'm not looking at Fetterman. I'm looking at the people who voted for him. And who would vote for Fetterman? Fetterman. I would rather not go to. You don't like Mohammed Oz. I would rather not go to. Vote, no, but I will not. None of the above. I mean, how can you vote for this? So what do you what do you say about this? What do you say about this? What do you say about the people? What do you say about the people? Okay, so that is where you come. Okay, that you where you come, and you you don't look at see, you don't look at the personality. Both ways it works. You look at a party and you don't look at the personality. You look at what they are standing for, and that is how communism works. Communism, they will vote for anybody the party puts up for them. It doesn't matter who the person is. They will vote for 
So now we are hoping and praying they get at least 221. If they get 221, 222, I mean, it's a very little, I mean, uh, Nancy Pelosi ran the government with just a five-seat majority. She had 222. Okay. So if you have 522, 21, 222, the Congress can, if they stand united, they can do because the money bills are passed by the Congress. You cannot do anything without the Congress because ultimately you need the money to do things. Okay, Senate, the problem is if they take the Senate, they make the judicial appointments and these appointments are for life. But we are not worried about life. We are already more concerned the Christ will come. So we are not, but we need time. See, we are hoping. We do not know because some of these, and you look at the the, the way they, they change Arizona, they change the laws. Okay. I mean, Pennsylvania. I mean, think about it. Early voting started 50 days early. Why do you need 50 days early voting? <laughs> think about it. 50 days, the candidates haven't even, even started debating. You don't even know what these people stand for and people have started voting. And where is all these mail-in ballots, early voting, all blue states? U.S.'s biggest states are, number one, California, then Texas, uh, New York, and Florida. Okay, Texas and Florida are red states. New York and California are? Blue states. In the red states, two big red states, morning election, evening results, results are out, already out. New York is still counting, California is still counting. Because it's not about election. People need to have faith in their election, integrity. And that is that it is not election days. It should be election day. Mm. Morning election, by evening, the result should be out. But the more you delay, 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 you know, there are options for cheating. And so what this state there, what they do in this blue state, they change the law. They used COVID to change a whole lot of laws early voting 50 days, then you can send in the ballots as long as the seal is on the day of election, up to seven days, it can be still keep on coming in. It, so you know what, it opens up a whole lot of fraud over there. And that's what's happening in Arizona. That's what's happening in California. That's what's happening. Otherwise, you know what? Why is it taking so long to deserve about the Congress votes in California and New York? Do you know the number of people are voting in these seats are less than Alwal? America's population is, you know how many people voted in the American this election? 100 million. 100 million people. Hmm. There's 10, uh, yeah. yeah, 10 crores. 10 crores. That's it. 10 crores. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 10 crores for the whole US voted and they're still counting. Population of Andhra. <laughs> <laughs> and we look at it and we laugh because in this area we are living in Alwal has more population than where this Congress seats are being still counted after four days. And the results are still not because they're still checking the ballots. 
And we, we need to stand there and laugh. We need to stand there and laugh. Okay, how there? Okay, and that's the, that's the issue over here. Okay, that's the issue over here. If you have a single day voting with proper ID, nothing will this one. Fraud will go. I think it would have been definitely would have been. It would have been a different election altogether. Okay, absolutely clear this thing over there. Hmm. But that's how they work. That's how the system works. But what I'm saying is over here is my body, my choice. That is what the young people say, the women say. Okay, and don't judge them. Judge yourself. How do you receive the word of God? Hmm. Don't look at the man who preaches. When you hear what is being preached, and when you hear it from the pulpit tomorrow, and you know what is being spoken to you is true and it is absolute, just look at yourself and react. Look at your reaction. And do you like it? Or do you dislike it? That's what the Bible says, with meekness. Okay, and that's the same. See, we are seeing, we are looking at them and condemning them because it's affecting a whole nation. God is not worried about nations. God is worried about individuals at home. And he says, at the core of it, he may say, you are also the same. You don't stand for abortion, (laughs) but you don't stand for absolutes in other areas. Mm. So at the core, you too are a rebel. Mm. You too are. This is what we are talking about, the mystery of iniquity working. Okay, Okay, like I said, if I, I mean, I'm talking as a pastor and I'm talking as our homes, our homes, almost every home, you can have God's peace and God's joy if you stick to two things. Women, submit your husband in all things as unto the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ Jesus loved the church and gave his life. And then submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. Your house will be happy. Guaranteed. You don't need anything more. With the money you have. With the money you have. Okay. We came from a wedding. It was interesting. Brun seems to have all kinds of friends. There was a lot of Muslims, a lot of Hindus. I was surprised. This kid, I mean, he has got a vision. He cannot see, but he's got such good friends. And they were the ones who picked us from the station and all the Muslims who picked us. Very nice, kind, polite, very nice people. Like you may be so used to my messages, like if you had heard my wedding message, ah, we have heard it so much. But you need to realize the people who came to me after the wedding, <laughs> they're not Christians. They were all non-Christians. All Brahmins and all of them, this thing and all. <laughs> and they came and told me, your message touched our heart. Mm. Awesome. Your message touched our heart. <laughs> and they said, no, it was. And you know what? There's something all about marriage. What Christian, how God looks at marriage and was preaching from Genesis 1 and 2, which you all have heard. But the fact is that how they receive it, how beautifully they receive it. Okay, what I'm saying is that honestly, at the level of an individual or level of a family, it is very easy. But the problem is, and why is there so many problems in the homes? Because you refuse to accept the absolutes. Hmm. Refuse to accept the absolutes. The men refuse to love their wives and give their lives for them. And the wives refuse to submit to their husband in all things as unto the Lord. And there is always tension. So you know what is happening? These are all like American youth, same mentality, married. Children got married. (laughs) 
Çaylı Merve'cim. Çaylı ചിൽഡ്രൻ <laughs> 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 and god ordained authority hmm. there are god ordained authorities children to parents wife to husband husband to christ god ordained this mystery of lawlessness is basically rebellion that's why i said god can deal with sinners god finds it difficult to deal with rebels and i said david was a sinner saul was a rebel, was a rebel. that is where the issue comes and that is where jesus is talking about so is it over i don't think so I don't think it's still over yet and uh, of course there everybody is now after trump 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 but a simple question we have to ask you is that even today let us say today trump decides okay that's it i'm retiring from politics i'm going to play golf all the cases will disappear but you know what the republican party will not win gop will be extinct that's it will not win because they have nobody santos is there in florida but santos is not there the rest of us he will not win he will not win because i'm telling you people will ask why is that we support trump we are not trump we are not worshiping trump but why do i personally let me tell you from what i know and what i have understood and which i know is real why do i support trump Trump is the only politician I have ever known in my life who really fights the Illuminati. Nobody else. Nobody else. Who fights the Freemasonry, who knows what is happening and fights the deep state. And nobody, not Santos, not Youngkin, nobody will fight them. He will fight. He will fight. And he's open and up one, mm-hmm. he's a tough cookie. He will fight. He's sometimes uncouth. He says things, but then leave that aside. he will fight he's very tough second he loves his country yeah that's the thing i don't think any of the others really love mm-hmm. the country they love power and they have their ideologies but he loves his country three he has the means to fight because if you want to fight this they will come after you they will come after you in a hundred ways by filing charge sheet after charge sheet after charge sheet fighting court cases is a very expensive business i'm telling you even if you really want to fight a court case here one of the lawyers whom i know is a friend if you want to hire him he did it free for me once but if you want to hire him his retainer not his fees his retainer is 10 lakhs only only okay his retainer is 10 lakhs is a very senior high court lawyer that's what i'm talking about in india so you think about america <laughs> think about america so at every level he can fight it one he's tough he's tough second he loves his country third he knows what the deep state now he knows the deep state better than anybody else because he was at the top mm. so he's seen how they work okay and they will try everything and my thing is for youngkin and santos and all you're young he's only 46 years old wait you're not ready to fight this battle you're not ready to fight this battle trump is he will fight 
But I don't know whether he'll come in 2024 because there are prophecies. I'm telling you again, there are prophecies he will be assassinated before 2024 and civil war will begin. Real prophecies from really solid, righteous people that he will not last till 2024. America's at the end of its time history that before 2024, uh, one, Biden won't be there. Kamala will be president before 2024. Trump will be assassinated in one of the rallies. And his base will take up guns and the civil war will begin. That's the end of America. Finished. Now, these are prophecies. And like in God told Nebuchadnezzar when he gave him a dream in uh, Daniel chapter 4 and verse 28. Daniel, if I'm right. 428, yeah. 428, when these warnings, all this came upon King... Uh, previous verses, sorry, previous 25 verses. onwards, you could yeah. say. Yeah, just, just go before 28. It's 26, 27. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 26, go to 27. All this will happen, can happen, but he says, therefore, let my king... This is Daniel's advice. Let my advice be acceptable to you. You know what? Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by show mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. So when all these things comes, God says, you know what? See, this one good thing about God, uh, two things about prophecies. One, there is a positive prophecy. What do you need to do? Just obey. Obey. And there is a negative prophecy. What do you need to do? Don't disobey. Mm-hmm. Take corrections. That Take corrections. Okay. Mm-hmm. negative. This is what is going to happen to you. And the Bible says, you know what? Break off your sins by being righteous. Your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. And you will see. God has prophesied to kings in Israel. The minute they repented, he said, okay, it won't happen in your time. It will happen in your son's time. Meaning, next day, your generation will escape it. Why? Because you repented. You turned from your ways. So that is the goodness of God because you always need to realize is that he's a merciful God. Hmm. Judgment is not what he likes. Yes. Judgment is what he dislikes. Amen. I mean, when you only become parents and when you have children, you know you hate disciplining your child. Hmm. Disciplining not in the sense in the sense of giving them corporal punishment. You hate it. That's the last thing you want to do because you know what? When you see that child's pain and crying and tears and wailing, you don't want to do it. But you know you want you have to do it, but you don't want to do it. What you want to do is that show mercy. So when you say, "Did you do it?" I say, "Sorry, sorry, sorry." Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. He doesn't know why you are so grateful because you don't want to punish that. So God says, "Just cry for mercy." Strange act. Mercy will all. Always strive over <laughs> judgment, but mercy is not free. You have to ask for it. You have to, there has to be a change to receive mercy. And so, whether it's an individual or whether it is a nation, you need to realize God is a God who comes to heal. When we reject Him, yes. So these prophecies are all over there. So we pray, we pray, we stand. With 45, we still stand. Because I look at it, I know how the system works. I've seen enough of those people. <laughs> enough of them and I work. So I do not know Santos. I do not know Yonkin. I do not know. But I know the others before them. I know 46. I know 45. I know 44. I know 43. I know 42. I know 41. I know every one of them is a free base. Invariable. Exactly. So I don't trust any one of them. Mm. 
every one of them belongs to the circle everyone's loyalty is to the circle every one of them works worships baphomet and takes the name of christ in vain in public for words every one of them i do not trust any one of them okay and uh, with trump when he doesn't take the name of christ like like a bit ardent believer to know Christ personally, but I know he's against the deep state. I know he's against the deep state. I know he's against what they worship. That I know. He's against that. And he will stand there and he will, he will, and call he, them out. Mm. he will call them out. Mm. And he will deliberately upset them with his words. Mm. And you need to realize the words he uses are not normal words. Mm. Those are triggers to trigger them. That's why everybody goes haywire only at his words and nobody else's words. The media goes haywire. The politicians go, everybody goes haywire when he says stuff because the words he uses are which triggers people with have alternate personalities. They get triggered. And he will always use a word which is called handler. Have you noticed? I wonder what Biden's handlers are telling him. Handler is a term which is used in Freemasonry where you have a master and the slave. The slave's master is called the handler. The CIA tab. So he knows what he's doing. But it's not the godly man. But what I'm telling you, if you get a godly man to become president, he won't have the strength to fight this. That's why God needed a man. He was a disruptor. Mm-hmm. He needed a person like that to come. <laughs> At least what he has done, even if it doesn't <laughs> come back, that he's brought to life. what he has done is that when he became president, he brought to, to light. light all the wickedness Muck. was hidden in the U.S. system. He brought it out and showed this is what it is. God said, using him, I brought it out. Now you decide what you want. Uh-huh. And if this is what you want, that's your choice. Everything was brought out. Uh-huh. Everything was brought out. They panicked. They panicked in his four years that they literally brought COVID and shut the whole world down so that he wouldn't win again and come back. Because they knew if he had a second term, their agenda would have been postponed for a long, long time. I mean, you should see it in Obama's statements also. If if the Republicans, when he says that we will go back as a country by 50 years, that's what his statement was. See, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? You don't need to realize what are they He's not talking about technology. He's not even talking about the prosperity. Their idea, that's the Their idea of Reconstructing mm. the nation, the whole idea will be put back by 50 years. You see? Like okay, 50 years. And that's where they have to be very, very careful because you see, the Republicans have to be very, very careful about how they handle the situation because, you know, that's why they're all quiet whenever uh, Trump says something. They're very quiet because they know you can, the Republicans, they know you can be very careful with him because he's got this base. 2025 percent. Mm. <laughs> if they don't come to vote, no Republican will ever win. <laughs> That's the problem. Not win. So even if he says, "Okay, I don't want to be president," fine, but they need his support. Mm. The ones who are speaking against him from the camp, Republican camp, are in those states where he doesn't have much clout. So they will say stuff. But most of the red states, they will keep quiet. Because it's good to be quiet. They know otherwise their political career is finished. 
they can be where they are now don't even dream of becoming president that will not happen they know that but thing is that this is thing this is true about i mean what is happening there is true about all of us as an individual as a person okay but president trump on his own has to be careful about words because he has to, his issue is this you need to realize i i know understand i mean if you deal with people i'm not a clinical psychologist i'm a pastor but i also deal with people his issue is this he was a businessman and he built a business empire which was his own personal business empire it was own his personal business empire so he was very clear about it he wants instructions followed and he wanted success and if it's not you are fired but when you become a politician and a leader the country is not a business mm. country is not a business you have been elected by the people and you need people to come back to power so you cannot fire people you can fire your employees the ones you have got in your administration i'm not talking about that i'm talking about you cannot fire your voters you need them that is where he has to reconcile you're not running a business you're trying to run a nation and when you are trying to run a nation uh, it is what you call the art of compromise you have to learn how to handle you cannot offend people because the people you offend may never come back and vote for you and you are dependent upon the votes to win in your company you are not you don't need uh, your employees goodwill perform a perish i can hire somebody else doesn't work in politics that's where obama won mm. without doing anything except damage because he was a very smooth, smooth speaker talker. Mm-hmm. very smooth talker mm. very smooth talker he's got the gift of the gab that he had mm-hmm. he also has he's also a very powerful speaker but the problem is he appeals only that's why the thing is that he's got a lockdown on his base but that base is not enough to win he has to tone his words now because he needs to bring the one who are in the middle and about the abortion issue i believe the republicans goofed up goofed up the way they dealt when the roe versus wade it was a setup you need to realize you know if you look at it i mean honestly if, i mean people are so blind they're not able to see it there was a leak from the supreme court before the verdict was hap- came in never in the history of the supreme court has such a leak taken place and nobody has been found out or punished for it so it was a deliberate thing done because the democrats had no other narrative so it had to be done to create a narrative nobody has been punished the leaker has not been found nobody has been punished but when it came they did not sell it properly they did not educate the people the supreme court did not overturn abortion they just turned roses roses made and send it back to the states. states what the way it was the thing is that the constitutional law of america is that states makes the law so basically they have said is that we are not against abortion you want abortion then let the states decide put it on the ticket and you decide we will stand up and say personally i am against abortion but if you want abortion let the majority of the people in pennsylvania majority of the people in virginia majority of the people you decide they should have put it across and should have put it on the people the 
let the pressure be on the people, not on the politicians. Because God says, I set before you life and death. Mm. You choose. You choose. I said, I have chosen. I have chosen life. Now, you want life, you choose. You can choose death. You want abortion, death, you can choose. They should have sold it that way and take put the pressure back on the people. You choose. Every state, you choose. And you know what? Five states chose abortion. Other states did not have it. But each state could have made their choice. When they make their choice, the division would have been very clear. Yeah. We are a choice state which is pro-choice. We are a state which are pro-life. One state chooses life, another state chooses death. But the people are choosing and not mm. the politicians. But as a politician, you can say, I respect your free will. Why? Because my God gave free will. But if you are asking me in my free will, what is my choice? My choice is I am for life. I am not for death. Mm. Put the honors back on the people. You could have taken it out. Instead, they came out and said, no, we will change the laws. We will not. No, 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 no. no. This is not how it works. Even God says, thou shall not kill. But if you kill, <laughs> this is what will happen. God Daniel said, thou shall not kill. And as a result of, I'm cutting your arms off so that you will never be able to kill anybody. So you will have arms. You will have stones. You will have knives. You will have guns. But I'm telling you, don't kill. If you kill, these are the consequences that will happen. That is the autonomy of free will. And that should be given. Hmm. That's what you want to choose. That is where it will be. And they would have deflated the uh, Democrats' agenda by getting people to choose. Yet, making your choice known. Choice known. This is my choice. But if it comes to drugs, it's a different thing. That choice should not be given. Even. It cannot be given. Because that's poison. That kills. That kills. That kills. You cannot be given a choice where drugs are allowed in or drugs are made illegal. No, you don't. Let me ask you this question. Can you get drugs above the counter in the U.S. which needs a prescription? No, no, no. No, absolutely not. You cannot. You cannot get antibiotics. You know, you cannot get antibiotics over there. Here we can go and get antibiotics. Even here also they ask, but sometimes you get. You know how many people in, in Indians in US when they come, they take antibiotics for a year from here? Yes. Sure. Because you don't get antibiotics. You cannot without a prescription. prescription you cannot get antibiotics over here. But you can get fentanyl. <laughs> you cannot get antibiotics. <laughs> Yeah, that's where there is an issue issue about it because one is a killer the other is a killer in a different way but that is how they should have sold it and would have you would have then they would have had nothing else to speak about okay yes pastor, pastor i think there's a logical uh, uh, corollary to this question is in question number theological 10. question yes theological. question number 10 is very interesting it's a very good question Question number 10, Sammy, yeah. Explain what it is to be a Christian. To be a Christian is to be a person in whom there is a fundamental inconsistency. A Christian is one in whom there is an inherent paradox. The paradox is of God. Some people conceive Christianity as being all treasure and no earthen vessel. If they meet the earthen vessel anywhere, they feel things are all wrong. But God's conception is totally different from man. Would you say that it is in the earthen vessel that treasure is found? Would you agree with me? God put his treasure in his earthen vessel, this earthly suit. Please explain and help us understand Christianity. Need your insight. Okay. There's so many issues, but I think you So can... many issues over there. But the one... earthen vessel, like, uh, 
Let's go to that portion. Second Corinthians chapter Second four. Corinthians chapter four. Yes. Verse twelve, I think. Yeah. This treasure and other Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Uh, verse ten onwards. Verse ten onwards. Okay. Uh, actually, nine, maybe. Uh, eight. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, eight. Yeah, we are hard pressed. Go, go, go before. Yeah. Okay. But we have. We have this treasure mm-hmm. in earthen vessels that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. Here, when it talks about earthen vessels in this verse, it is talking about our frailty. Mm. We are fragile. Yes. We are fragile. We are fragile. Meaning, <coughs> we will fail. If we try to be perfect or righteous in our own strength. So we are Christians are tuned to fail if you try to show your righteousness of because the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We will fail. That's mm. why the Bible says, but on the other hand, God will show put us in that kind of a situation. The strength of God's power. We are hard pressed on every side. Yet. Yet not crushed. We will not be crushed only if you are depending upon the power of God. Otherwise, we will be crushed. We will be crushed. Hmm. We are public confused. We, we don't have the answer. Like today's hmm. question. We don't have the answers. Why did the election go this? We don't have the answer. But we are not in despair. Absolutely. We will not be in despair, in despair. only mm. if our eyes are on the kingdom of God. Amen. And we are not praying for the democracy as the will of the people. We are praying for the will of God, God for a nation. And because if you remember all these weeks and months we are praying, we are praying for mercy. We are not praying for happiness and pursuit of happiness. We are praying for mercy. Lord, give a generation a chance. chance to know you. Mercy. And that's the will of God. We never have to worry about that's the will of God. We are praying for the will of God. Therefore, when things happen, we are not in despair because, like we say, we have seen the end of the book. We have seen the end of the book. We know ultimately, we know the kingdom of God. We were born again, like Peter says, wonderfully, born again to a living hope. Our hope is not dead. Mm. If our hope is in this world, it is a dead hope. It's a dead hope. But if uh, for us believers, you need to have a living hope, you need to be an unbeliever. Okay, in this world, the hope is in this world. But we have been born again into a living hope. We are public, but we are not in despair. Next verse. Persecuted. We may be persecuted because of the absolutes we stand for. Mm. But we know one thing. We are not forsaken. God is with us. And that's why... The letter to Philippians is so powerful. Persecuted, in chains, in prison. He says, I wish everything for you except these chains. Mm-hmm. He was not forsaken. God was with him. Struck down, but not destroyed. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But if you have God in you and you are absolutely being constructed, being conformed to the image of Christ, you will be struck down. But you cannot be destroyed because God cannot be destroyed. Cannot be destroyed. So basically, going back to the question, this is the context in which it is happening. But the question is much more than that. It's a fundamental inconsistency. A Christian is in one whom there is an inherent paradox. The paradox is of God. Some people conceive Christianity as being all treasure and no earthen vessel. And if they meet the earthen vessel anywhere, they feel things are all wrong. No, no, that's one thing, which is true. We need to understand we are sinners. Saved by grace. Mm, yes. Mm, mm. We are sinners. We were not born righteous. Mm, no. Mm. We are being made. We are mm. born mm. sinners. 
shaped in it, brought forth in iniquity, <laughs> born in sin. That's what we were. And we were saved by grace. We are on the road. But also the second thing, don't let that be an excuse. Yes. Okay, That's a reason. That's not an excuse. There are two different things. A reason is a reason. An excuse is an excuse. So don't have, I'm a sinner, saved by grace, so show mercy all my life. I can never overcome sin. No, that's an excuse. That's excellent. So, God's conception is totally different from man. Would you say that it is in the earthen vessel the treasure is found? Okay, which is true. The thing is that, like, what, what would be? That's our witness. Yes. Mm, that's, a that's our witness. Mm. The treasure is in our, the vessel is, is our, our witness. Yes. But the question is, it's our witness about who he, he is. Mm. Okay? Because we need to realize this is how it works. With God, nothing is impossible. That's how the statement begins. Two, all things are possible to him or her who believes. Okay. The fallen man doesn't work that way. The fallen man, there is no God. For him, all things are possible to him. The born again man doesn't say that. He says, all things are possible to him through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That is how it works. So there is always this paradox, even in a believer, that He's still trying to make all things possible sometimes in his own strength. <laughs> and you know what happens? Therefore, God will allow him, him to fail. fail. Yes. While an unbeliever, when he tries, he succeeds. Wow. He doesn't fail because God is neither for him nor against him. He's on his own. <laughs> He's on his own. <laughs> so you need to realize the history of Israel is different from the history of other nations. Other so, nations succeeded where Israel failed. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> when other nations did the same things which Israel did, they succeeded. Israel failed. Why did Israel fail? God says, you are my child. I will not allow you to succeed. So Israel is a very good study for us as individuals. Exactly. exactly. Because, you know, we need to realize we cannot copy the patterns of a worldly man because if we do that, we will fail. God will not allow us to succeed. That's a recurrent theme. The okay, more they try to do, the more they... I will say, Lord, but why? He's succeeding. He said, he is he, you are you. He's not mine, you are mine. I will not all the people I know you. And if we succeed, <laughs> it's a judgment. It is not success. It is judgment. It's not. That means we got Then means we are going into bigger trouble now. He succeed, then God is saying, okay, the only way I can now put you right is allow you to go to the top and fall from there. You could have fallen from here. You would have just hurt your knees. But you need to fall from there where you hurt your head. Then you will learn the lesson. So I will let you go there and fall. So you're not getting the lesson that I'm trying to tell you. That's how it works with God because you know what? He will never let go of his children. Please remember that. He has never let go of the church or Israel. Israel. So that's where it happens. So God put his treasure in this earthen vessel, this earthly suit. But then we need to be very, very careful about it. And again, we need to realize now we have two cups over here. If you look at the point, now we have three vessels over here. Okay. 
vessel okay if you want to look at it okay at the core level these are all what is inside is water right let us say inside is water but if you look at okay of course this is pure water and this is colored green tea or whatever you want to call it it's a brown tea mm-hmm. but if you look at it the shapes are different the shapes are different but the material inside is exactly the same it takes the shape of the okay. container shape of the container now because it is transparent it is very easy to see and that's what god is talking about outwardly we may all be different purpose may be different okay but the treasure inside is should be the same it is on that we have our unity yes whether it is an individual level or a family or a church that is the bible is talking about the unity of faith in the spirit ephesians 4 talks about mm. it maintaining the unity of the spirit, spirit. okay that's enough roshan okay don't worry about the cups now okay <laughs> in note camera manuelko honing mm. <laughs> this thing okay so you need to realize this is where it happens we are all earthen vessels and we all look even outwardly we all look look different our purposes are different our careers are different our lives are different are not the same but there should be something that is absolutely identical in all of us it is the christ in us it is that is why we can be uh, imitate one another in certain things but don't expect our lives to be the same, same. when it comes to kindness and love and long suffering and patience it has to be the same though it may not manifest the same way okay why like we are two pastors sitting here we are married to like take care of talking about our homes technically we are married to different women and we have different children mm. but patience the core level is the same but what is demanded may not be the same yes if is married to a more patient woman and i am married to a less patient woman the patience that is required of me is not the same if he's got children who are more rebellious and i am have children who are less rebellious what is required from me is not the same but what is required in essence is the same mm-hmm. okay so that is how we have to look at so we are all earthen vessels we're all earthen vessels but what we are facing in life the pressures and the challenges we facing in life outwardly in name in nomenclature may be the same but it's not identical but what we have been given to fight with is the same it is the life of god and that life always overcomes that zo or zoe that is the that is the life christ has come I have come to give you life which life his life the treasure inside is the life of god. christ the life of god which we appropriate by faith, faith. by mm-hmm. faith what we are receiving actually is the life of god the very life of god that is why god says without faith it is impossible to please god why he is pleased with the life of his son mm. is pleased with the life of his son that's the only life is pleased with and the only way i can receive that life of god is by faith in faith literally there is a transference no transference there is a death of self and the receiving the life of god and that is the only thing that works so yes we are earthen vessels 
and that should not be an excuse. Mm. If you are empty earthen vessels, it is an excuse. But if there is treasure inside, remember the power. That's the first words we read. We are earthen vessels, but the power is of God. God. That's the Don't thing. Don't forget, yep. that is the key. Mm. Don't deny the power yes. of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Yes, earthen vessel can be used as an excuse. Mm-hmm. But what is the whole thing? The that the excellence of the power may be of, of God and, and not, of us. not of us. So that's why we are fascinated by characters like a young man called Joseph, young man called Daniel, young men like David. And now we look at them and says, how did they survive in mm-hmm. such a hostile culture? <laughs> the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What was shown in their witness is the power of God. And they were all young men, all young people. Excellence. Again, if they were somebody like Moses, God had to prepare him for 80 years before he could go as a weak man, weak earthen vessels, stammering, had an issue with temper, weak man with a stick. And what you saw was the excellence of the power of God in that earthen vessels. God says, you know what, there is no man as meek as him. Meaning is a very weak question. <laughs> because meekness is not considered strength in the world. Mm-hmm. It's only considered strength in God's kingdom. Because God is meek. God is meek. So that's how you have to look at it. And that's what God is talking about. We talk about. So there's another <laughs> related question. This is question number eight. Sammy, question number eight. Uh, and then we'll look at question number nine maybe um, in the time that we have. It says, uh, we as children of God cannot possibly present the whole of God, but we can try to present in human form a character that may be understood, admired, loved, respected, or even feared and hated. Would you agree with me on this one? I think it's similar to what uh, the other the question was. There. Yeah, that's basically what Jesus mm-hmm. is. But you need to realize, okay, we need to understand the incredible part of what Jesus actually, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 5 onwards. Mm-hmm. Through the spirit. But uh, let's read from uh, verse 4. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Hmm. Okay? And come to verse 8. Six and seven is another. But when that happens, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Now we need to understand who he is talking to. He's talking to his disciples and he's been with them for 40 years or 40 days. He's talking to them after resurrection, after that incident in the upper room on resurrection Sunday evening. After he had breathed upon them and told them, receive the Holy Spirit. So they are born again. Born again believers. But he said, you know what? You want to witness my life? You will need power. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. You need to be baptized. Hmm. Hmm. You will have to be immersed in my spirit. Then only you are able to witness my life. Wait for that. In every area of our life, every area of our life, whatever it is, whatever you are doing, whatever you are, and think about it. Let us 
let us take Roshan over here. Okay, Roshan is now, first of all, he's a husband. He's a father. He's a son. He's an employee. Okay, let us put four roles he has. Because he works for the government, right? So as a husband, if he has to witness Christ to his wife, he needs power. Because the demand is, love your wife as Christ Jesus loved the church. And you suddenly realize, I don't have it. Because I, say, I know that you don't have it. That's why I said, you need power. My power to live that life. Two, he's a father. Okay. The demand of a father of God to the children. You look at it and say, you know what, I can't do that. I don't have that patience. I don't have that inclination. Train up your child. <laughs> the way that he should go. And do not exasperate all of these things. It's a lifelong job. And you realize, you know, that I don't have the power. Okay. Then as a son, you realize, you know, what it is to be a son and be married. To be a son and unmarried, I did not have the power. Now to be a son and be married, I realize I don't have power at all. Okay. Then you go to the employee, you are like Joseph in Egypt. All are idolaters, they have their own agenda, everything. But every place God says, you have to be a witness. Look at the what you receive. You mm -hmm. shall be, be witnesses to me. me. Bah, what a statement. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. You are my witness. Meaning, what they have to see is the treasure in the earthen vessel. Okay. Yes. Because when they look at you, they look at you, you are also human, I'm also human, you are also Indian, I'm also Indian. But how is that you are different? Mm. How are you different? That is when you are able to say, it is not me, it is Christ in me. That becomes your opportunity to witness. witness. If you turn to Acts chapter 2 itself. Hmm? <laughs> Super. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Words 13. Two this is okay, 2 13 onwards. Others mocked, said they are full of new wine. And Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said, Men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, this be known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk. <laughs> okay. Somewhere amazed, the other said, these guys are drunk. What is the reason? They are full of power. Oh. So, okay. <laughs> you are also Jew. We are also Jew. We are all in Jerusalem. This is the feast time. Why are you acting different? These guys other said, ah, they are different. Another said, they must be drunk. And he stood up and said, we are not drunk. What is he doing? He is actually testifying. Why did they testify? Because they were different. And they said, what makes you different? Simple format Amen. of how. This mm. is how the gospel begins in the kingdom of mm. God. They will look at you and they will ask you, why are you different? Oh. Mm. Why are you different? And that is when you say, you know, I am different because I went to Ivy School. No, this is Christ in me. Mm. Don't let it be your witness. You shall be, be witnesses, witnesses to, to me. me. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't have power, we cannot witness because they see you and say there's no difference between you and there's no difference between me. We are the same. 
So they are not even going to ask you anything. They are not going to ask you anything. Okay, they are going to ask you. And it can be an actual, when, when Potiphar saw one, the way Joseph worked, and second, the way his business prospered under Lord Joseph, he knew his God was with him. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. God was with him. And I will tell you, I mean, I'm trying to, you have to use your imagination also, yes. not like pulling down imaginations, but use your imagination also. Because you need to understand, let us look at the typical Indian system. You know, I'm, honestly, I'm telling you, okay, I love the gentle Hindus and the gentle yeah. Muslims. We've met people. Super, super, I always super, have loved them because I always super. thought of Hinduism outside of monotheistic religions like uh, Christianity and Judaism. I always felt Hinduism is one of the best religions as a religion. Because it was always very tolerant. Yes. That's why before I became a Christian, I was always, I would think, thinking wise, I thought like a Hindu. Because it's a very tolerant religion. And yesterday, if you were there at the <laughs> wedding, they were so nice, so simple people, so nice. I mean, Bruins, one whole set of people who were there, who ran around doing everything, they were Muslims. And Hindus, and they were all over there, and they listened to the message. The Christians were talking. You need to realize in the message when I was speaking to them in English, there was no need for translation. The Christians were talking. The Hindus and Muslims were listening. I'm not saying all the Christians were talking because many Christians came back also said thank you, thank you, thank you for the word. But the Hindus were listening and they were responding. Because what I'm saying over here, this is where I need to understand. When you are talking about Joseph in Egypt, typical in our in our nation, okay, you have to look from where they come. They are very religious. Average Hindu is very, very religious. And an average Hindu wants prosperity. Yes. Prosperity. From morning he begins, that's how he begins. A religious Hindu. I'm not talking about the religious Hindu. The religious Hindu. He gets up and he wakes up early because he wants to catch the sun. Because, mm-hmm. because that is... <laughs> God, like in the Egyptian listing, they look at the sun as God, so they need it. Then they start cleaning up the whole, they will, even they have no water, they will clean up the whole thing because the goddess of prosperity has to be invited and the whole atmosphere has to be clean. They make the signs and the symbol, they do it daily, they are doing. Then when they start their worship, get into the puja room, they worship. Everything is basically, he's not thinking about eternity. Please understand, an average Hindu does not think about mm. eternity, he's not thinking about the other life. He wants blessings and prosperities no. now. Mm. Then if you have worked in the secular realm with them, they get over there, they clean all that, they will have his little picture of his God over there and eat this thing over because he's prosperity. So this is what Potiphar's household is like that before Joseph came and they're doing all these things and nothing is happening. And then a young man comes in. He has no idols. That's no idol. He's a completely different man. His God is different, he is different, no idols. And he's an extremely godly man. You know what? Under him, the business is prospering. And you look, you know what? His God is different. His God is different. <laughs> Second, he looks at the work. This man can be trusted. He's oh. unbelievable. That's what I said. Mm. Faithful and fruitful. Mm. Profitable. Okay. <laughs> so, mm. Potiphar mm. on earth in that household is acting like God. This is a servant who is faithful and fruitful. Take charge of this one. Then take charge of this one. Finally, he said, take charge of my entire household. Because he's faithful, 
and fruitful. You know what has happened? In his workplace, he's a witness of the power of God. Because if you look at the earthen vessel, he's just a slave. I own him. Mm. I own him. But you know what? He's different. This is why you need to think. When you are in the secular realm, you have to believe this. Believe this. Gentiles, my boss, will see. And I'm telling you, I'm not posting. Two times I had bosses when I was in the secular realm teaching. They saw that. They saw that. They saw. And there were others, technically, with paperwork, certificates were better than me from Delhi University and all when I was working the first time. They were better than me. I hadn't even come to Iflu. I was from Kela University and they were from Delhi University. He was a ranker and I was not a ranker. He was good. But the difference was he did not have God. Mm. And I had God. That made the whole difference. That simply made all the difference. Credentials, academics, everywhere, the difference was that he should have been better than me when it came to the practicals in teaching. But the difference with me was that I did not have his eloquence. I had never spoken in public. I was a stammerer. I was petrified. But the difference was that when I stepped in there and I trusted God, God took over. And after that, there were issues. The issues happened. It was actually an issue which went up to the top. To the principal, why, why, why. students were starting to say, "We want Sir James to come and teach us." Hallelujah! <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and I was a rookie. Mm. <laughs> okay, so what I used to suddenly, suddenly see that somebody, somebody standing outside my classroom door, and I see the head and the other, the principal and all, standing outside my door and listening, listening to, to the class. My class. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hmm. I was wondering, why are they listening to my class? But I'm honestly telling you, when you are 23 years old, and when you are teaching, when you have never taught in your life, never taught in your life, never spoken in public in your life, and you have no strength, no confidence, all you know is that you know Christ, and you go and ask him, Lord, help me, please. And you know it is a treasure in the earthen vessel. Hmm. And that was your witness. Hallelujah. That was your witness. You know, that gave me the opportunity to people who came to me to give them Christ, to talk to them. Whether they accept or not is not my business. business, But I give them an opportunity Mm. to witness Christ. Mm. So your workplace becomes your witness because they see you are an earthen vessel. They see you are an earthen vessel. Sometimes the earthen vessel, they look at you, let us say academically, at certificates and experience, qualifications. They know you are a weaker earthen vessel than them. But they have experience. They have credentials. They have taught before. You are a rookie who came straight out of college. And they look at you and they look at, that's another vessel and he's a weaker vessel than I am. So what is the reason? And you are able to say the excellence is of God. That's where Joseph is. He's a Hebrew boy. He's 17 years old. 18 years old, 19 years old. My conception is this. In three years, he has established his testimony in Potiphar's house and he's reached the top. He's 20. And I believe the next 10 years, he's in prison. That's how I divide his 13 years. Three years in Potiphar's house and 10 years in prison. But you know what? The excellence was the power of God. Excellence. Because if you look at Joseph, Joseph is not trained in administration. He's a Hebrew boy. He was a shepherd boy. But you need to understand, you don't need an MBA. 
you need faithfulness mm. and it does not matter whether you are a shepherd or whether you are an administrator faithfulness is common uncommon mm. because he had learned to be faithful mm. to his father he learned to be faithful to potiphar he just transferred it mm. because if you are not faithful to your father you are not going to be faithful to your boss mm. because you don't have it Yes. And because he was a hard worker under his father, because he walked seventy miles to take care of his father's desire, you will be a hard worker under Potiphar because it is the same thing. You just transferred it over here. That is why in Second Peter, chapter one and verse five is so important. Verse What's five it? is so important. Mm. This reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith. Why is he saying this? You know, why is Peter saying? Remember this. One day I will preach this so that we don't, we, you don't make mistakes. When Peter saw the vision before he preached in Cornelius' house, God had to give him that daytime vision twice. He saw this twice or three times. Twice, twice. Yeah, three, 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 three times. Three times, three times. Sheet comes down, and the sheet is full of animals, clean, unclean. He said, "Kill and eat." He says, "No, I've never eaten." He said, "Kill and eat." What I have cleansed? Don't call it unclean. So you need to realize. In the church now, every age, especially evangelistic churches, the people who come in is compared to animals. Clean and clean, all kinds come. The blood of Jesus cleanses them. Cleanses them. But you need to realize, mm-hmm. most of them may not have any virtue. Mm-hmm. Add to your faith, faith virtue, to virtue, not knowledge. First knowledge. Knowledge. First virtue. They may not know what it is to be faithful. They may not know what it is need to be hurt, to work hard. They don't know what it is not to lie. <coughs> they don't know what it is not to steal. That's the background they come from. Hmm. Background they come from. So you have to teach them virtue. To teach them. That is why if you read the book of Ephesians, don't lie, speak the truth. Because we are members of the same body. Yesterday in the message in the church, I asked, I told them the simple. I give you seven foundations about first law of marriage is relationship. Man, it is not good for man to be alone. So let me give you seven simple principles about that one line about fellowship is communication. It is got to be the ear, the eye, and the mouth. Ear, eye, mouth. Simple thing. One, listen carefully. Listen, because my husband is talking to the wife. Listen, and make eye contact. Because if you don't make eye contact, the other person will think you are not listening. Even every morning, are you listening to me? I said, honey, I am listening. Because when she is saying something, I will be typing it. She doesn't know I am typing out what she is saying. Are you listening to me? It's okay. I am listening to you. Make eye contact. It's very simple, okay? And you know. The eye contact has to be that you are listening, and you have to listen. What is happening is, well, people are not listening. When there is a conflict in a home, in a marriage, they are not listening. They are listening but not listening. They are listening but not listening. How are they listening? Even as they are listening, they are not looking for a solution. They are looking for arguments. Mm. That's also listening. They are not listening to what the husband is saying. The husband is not listening. The wife, they are trying to be defensive. You don't. You don't need to defend in a marriage. You don't defend in a marriage. Okay. See, my ear is not in conflict with my eye. If my eye is in conflict with my with my ear, then my whole body suffers. And that's what God is saying. He's saying first, he's saying to husband and wife, "You are one. You are not two. 
You're one, we are not two. And then he comes to church and says, you know, you are one, you are not many. Many parts, but one body. You are not in conflict. That's why he says Christ and the church, it's a mystery. Mm. So that is, you need to understand virtue is important. Virtue is important. So his first thing he says in Ephesians says, don't lie. Speak the truth. Because you are members of the same body. So he's telling the husband, don't lie to the wife, wife, don't lie to the husband. Because if you do, you hurt your, you, you hurt yourself. Because you're one, you're not two. Then I use the Sanskrit proverb, which he says, say the truth, but don't say all the mm-hmm. truth. And when you're doing it, wives understand, he's honoring you as a weaker vessel, because sometimes you don't want to know all the truth. Mm. Because you will start worrying. And he's trying to, that should be your motive. You're not hiding. You are trying not to put unnecessary pressure pressure on the wife because you know your wife. You know if I let her know this, the pressure I am facing with finances, she will start panicking. Mm. So how are things? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Now, you're not lying. <laughs> you're saying what I'm handling is okay for me, not okay for you. Mm. I don't want to let you know. It's a very way to let you know. On, it depends. On the other hand, if your wife is, if you know your wife is a very strong person, very strong person, and is emotionally, spiritually able to handle pressure, then you can tell. So the simple things which God is talking about is speak the truth. Don't lie. That's what the Bible says. This, uh, when Adam is speaking at the end of chapter 2 of Genesis, he's speaking prophetically through God for all generations. They were naked and they were not ashamed. Mm. You know what it means, naked and not ashamed? They, they had transparency. They had nothing hiding. They had nothing to hide. And you will see as soon as sin came in, they start hiding. Basically, they started lying to each other. Mm. They're starting to lie to each other. That's how you have to spiritually read it. So the body of Christ is like that. So the people who come into the body of Christ, you need to realize they don't have virtue. They may have some virtues. They may not have all virtues. They may have no virtues at all. So it is not knowledge that is important first. It is virtue that is important. You know why? That is why the Bible talks about not to give responsibilities into the church to people unless they have been tested and proven simply because they don't have virtue. You give responsibility to a person whose virtue has not been tested, they can cause great damage to the church. Damage to the church. The Bible is very clear. A novice novice. uses the word novice because you'll get puffed off. Because what has happened is he jumped from faith to knowledge without virtue. Faith to knowledge without virtue. But virtue is important. So what the father is doing with his own son is for 30 years he's building virtue. Virtue in him. 30 years virtue is built. Then he's anointed, filled with his spirit. And then he steps out and he's first tested. He's given, it's not the car that you buy in the showroom. He becomes the car that is going to go to the crash test. Mm. Remember there are cars, yes. there are cars. Yes. So he's driven by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness yes. to go through the crash test. The devil himself tests him and he comes out 100% victorious. Now the father says, you can go be my witness, unlike us. You cannot fail as a witness. Hmm. I can fail as a witness. No, it is earthen vessel. It is no earthen vessel. He is 
the one who has come from the bosom of the father, come here to declare this is what the father is like it. So he had to go through it all and come out and witness. And he says, if you have seen me, have seen the father. Hmm. I cannot say if you have seen me, you have seen Christ. Paul can say that. <laughs> you know, Paul didn't say that in the beginning. He said it towards the end of his life. Okay, so we need to realize that's virtue. That's where virtue comes. And virtue is important. Absolutely important. And people in the church has to understand. You need, because virtue without faith is pointless. Yes. It, you will end up again depending upon your righteousness to take you to heaven and mm. you realize that virtue is not enough to make you to heaven. You mm. need to be righteous like God. <laughs> so this is the difference which you need to understand. Those of us who have got married, godly marriages, found believing couple, spouses, got married and you have children. What do you need to focus now? First, let conflict resolution. Let there be no conflict. Your one face in your house before your children because your agenda is the same, the kingdom of God. Instill virtue in the children. Mm. They may not have faith because they have not encountered Christ. Mm. Instill virtue in the children. All these virtues. You will not lie. You will always speak the truth. Don't lie to daddy. Don't lie to mom. You may, you may not get punished. These are things which I told my children. If you lie to me and you come and confess, I may punish you, I may not punish you depending upon the situation. So, But if you lie to me and I find it out, you don't tell it to me, I find it out, I will definitely punish you. So it's better that you tell me because it's an always an option. You may not get punished. But you lie to me and I catch you, I promise you, I will punish you. Okay. So what you has to be told, don't mm -hmm. read the book of Ephesians. It's a fantastic this thing about how to develop, virtue, how to develop the virtues of day-to-day -day life. So these children are brought up in this virtue when they encounter Christ. That's it. Like Joseph has two dreams. Mm. He has been, he can be given those two dreams about his destiny because his father has brought him in mm. virtue. Because Joseph is the only child in the house where there is no conflict because he has no mother. Mm. So there's only one voice that is speaking mm. to him is the voice of his father. Mm. But all the other sons, there is conflict because the mothers are hostile. Mm. Mothers are hostile. So there are two voices speaking to these children. So the children fall apart. That's why we see these lessons of everything is there. And that's why we keep telling you, don't be two voices in the house. Be one voice because if there are two voices, the children will fall apart. Mm. They will go with the lesser voice, the voice of the flesh, the lesser voice. Stronger to them because they are flesh. Born in sin, shaped in iniquity, so they will go with that voice. So the ten children fall apart. But the eleventh one has only one voice, the voice of his father. The father is not a bad man, he's a righteous man. His father is a man who has encountered God face to face. The mothers never encountered God. Hmm. Children of Israel never encountered God. Aaron never encountered God. Moses encountered God. So when the voice of Moses is still, Aaron goes with the people because he's a man who has never encountered God. Jacob's wives have never encountered God. Jacob has encountered God. But when Rachel is taken out, Joseph is only hearing the voice of Jacob. So he's got virtue and he's very obedient to his father. He's faithful. He's got virtue and God is able to give him two dreams. Hmm. He's able to give him two dreams. Because why? Virtue is already there. How do you know? He is like Jesus, driven into the wilderness called Egypt. And his virtue is tested. Amen.
at every level in his workplace is what is trusted will you be faithful will you be fruitful then his virtue is tested with temptation will you remain faithful to a god you do not see in a foreign land and you will realize every level he is faithful and is being promoted we will look at him being thrown into prison has a demotion no he's being protected he's being protected god also knows our strength mm. he knows our strength you will never be tempted beyond, beyond your strength he's a young man he's in his 20s he's young he's handsome he's good looking and let's use the typical language his hormones are kicking Mm. and there is a temptation coming and knocking at his door very powerfully every day god looks at this young man and says you know as good as you are you're still a man mhm you stay here for some more time you will also fall mm-hmm. but i have a great plan and a purpose for you so what i'm going to do mm-hmm. i want to protect mm-hmm. you and there is only one place where is safe it's a prison where there are only men <laughs> <laughs> Mm, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to keep you safe. But I have a promise. I'll be with you there. Don't change. Don't be bitter. Don't be angry. Continue walking in that way of virtue there in prison. Be faithful. Be fruitful. Be kind. Be merciful. Everything over there. And he was there. Amen. He remained the same. It is a dungeon. The Bible says it is a dungeon. It is a dungeon in chains. And God protected him over there. You see he had virtue. Yeah. but he didn't waste time he was a very hard working hard working and very not just there are hard working people who do not acquire knowledge mm. see you can be very hard working you need knowledge to be fruitful yes. so when he ran he, he ran two setups one he ran a household of very large egyptian in the palace guard remember he's a captain of the guard mm-hmm. so he's a very powerful man mm-hmm. very very powerful is a very powerful probably very rich man with big estates because he's right at the top okay at the top so he ran his household meaning his estates and then from there he's thrown into the king's prison so he learned two things he learned managing an estate and managing difficult people mm. he learned he was a very good learner or oh, he took this learning and 13 years later he is ready to run a country he has learned management mm. hallelujah his knowledge lot of people can work in a particular mm-hmm. space for 10 years and learn nothing mm. they may be hard working but they don't learn they don't learn because in your workplace you can learn a lot of stuff because you see administration is at this fundamentals it's basically common mm. it's basically common everywhere basically what is administration basic base how to learn how to learn to handle people yes basically and allocate allocate responsibility, responsibility. Mm. otherwise you will run around doing everything, everything. by yourself mm. this is basically and he learned how to do that you mm. see so you're not a foolish kid he had virtue he had knowledge virtue he had knowledge and what did he add to that he added self control mm-hmm. self control ha- if he did not have self control he would have failed mm-hmm. one moment of losing his self control with us mrs potiphar would have destroyed his destiny he had self control and you know what he had perseverance he persevered as a slave as a prisoner for 13 years persevered without giving up his dream mm-hmm. now we have a dream better than joseph if you overcome you shall reign with me god says will you persevere persevere 
And he says, yours may be not be 13 years. It may be 30 years, mm. maybe 35 years, maybe 40 years, till the end of your life. Will you persevere on earth pursuing my kingdom? Mm. Will you persevere? And Nathan, through it all, he's a very godly person. Joseph is a godly person. Daniel is a godly person. You need to look at this is what is important. Mm. And, uh, you know, the devil knows that. Again, like I'm talking as a pastor, as a person who knows my church. And I know you as kids, got you all married, now your children are there, all I've known you for years. You know, All the conflicts you're facing in your life and in your homes has got to do with virtue. Mm-hmm. Got to do Not with knowledge. You are knowledgeable. You know, you think you don't know. Go to another church and you ask you to speak. You suddenly will say, ah, where did you learn all these things from? I have heard our children when they went to their local churches, when they prayed, they asked them, how did you learn to pray like that? You guys don't know. You have, you have knowledge. But your conflict in your homes is God is saying that I will not promote you unless you have virtue. You need Virtue, it is fundamental. Go to verse 3 and you will understand why virtue is put there right after faith is where we get connected to God after that. Okay. Has this divine power, has given us to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. He is virtue. Mm. He called us according to his virtue. Mm. His virtue. Mm. You need to realize he's glorious, we know that. And his virtue. So he says, add to your faith virtue. And in your homes he says, husband and wife, you are both, God bless you, you are both believers, you are both my children. Now add virtue. Add virtue. And virtue is a huge Virtue is becoming. The B series remember? Yes. It is not. It is becoming somebody. Being conformed to the the image of Christ Christ because he called us according to that image that emerges virtuous. So we have to become that people. Amen. And that's a conflict you are, you are facing because this is where you are tested. You are tested in your home. You are tested in your workplace. You are not tested in church. Church, you come on a Sunday, sit there, and you listen, have a good time. Till that's Sunday it. evening, you go home. Uh, that's fine. You are not, you're not really tested in church. You are tested in your home. You are tested in your workplace. And what are you tested? And what is God? Do you have what you? Do you have what you? Because that's the first thing Spirit of God puts through Apostle Peter in his final epistle, virtue. And you add, add, and it's not just have virtue. You have to keep on adding adding virtue. virtue. Mm. Keep on adding virtue. Keep on adding Mm. so that you know you will receive a rich welcome on the day the Lord comes or you die. Because you have this virtue. All these things have to be added in increasing measure. measure. The Bible says if it's added in increasing Mm -hmm. measure, you will be fruitful. Amen. 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 You will be. That is going back to the question. Let's go back. That is where the issue lies. Mm. Okay. That is where the issue As children of God, no, we cannot possibly present the whole picture of God. But some picture of God the Gentile has to see, Mm. which is over. And about the, the righteousness of the law. Yes. Understand that. Yes. Your righteousness should, should exceed, exceed the righteousness that of the Pharisees. The righteousness of the Pharisee according to the law is unbelievable. <laughs> and my question is, why did Nicodemus come to Christ in the night? Because he saw in him which his, his entire allegiance and obedience to the law he knew he did not have. He came and said, you are of God. Hmm. You are of God. You are of God. Hmm. 
that they will be able to see because the unity realizes you are not just witnessing. You think you are witnessing to Christians, you to criminals? No. In your workplace between men, I know what it will live among Hindus and Buddhists, righteous people in the system. They are righteous. They are righteous. But one thing is that you have something they do not have. You have something which they do not have. You have been burst into a living hope. Mm. You have been burst into a living hope. There is Christ in you. That is the, the hope, hope of glory. your glory. <laughs> and the only way Christ will be manifested is when you live by faith. Because mm. when you live by faith, what actually happens is there is a death of self and there is a resurrection of Christ. And they have to see that. That it's not that I'm an earthen vessel, but there is treasure. The treasure is what they have to see, the excellence. And you look at all these people, they'll always say, God, God, Joseph, <laughs> imagine, conversation between Joseph and Mrs. Potty, but he brings God over there. How can I do this? He brings his, his master. loyalty mm-hmm. as a servant to his master or not, and then he brings God over there. When Daniel is brought before Every time he brought before the kings, he oh would always... Joseph also, when he brought before the Pharaoh, God, 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 he brings God. He's amazing this. You know, I'm just an earthen vessel just like you. I mean, probably worse than you. Because you have the background of the education and the wisdom of Egypt. I don't even have that. But what I have is this. There is a God, mm. a living God. You always bring God into that picture. Okay, in our system, I will always say, this is how you need to practically, I'm telling you. When you come into situations like that, with a Hindu or a Muslim, and they ask, don't use the term God. Use the name Jesus. Amen. Don't say God. My Jesus. It doesn't work. Ram, my God. Ram, we pranam karte. No, don't do that. Say, my Jesus. Jesus. The reason is that's the only name given. If you use anything else, it will not work Mm. because Jesus said this when the Holy Spirit comes. He will talk about me. The Father, when James, Peter, and John at the Mount of Transfiguration said, we shall make two tabernacles here. The Father said from heaven, shut up and listen to my son. Cannot put them on the same plane. Mm-hmm. Meaning, that's what the Father mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit does on earth. Why do they do that? They will only point to Jesus because Jesus is the only name in the Trinity given to man that can save him. Mm-hmm. The Father will point to the Son. The Spirit will point to the Son and says, listen to him. And therefore, we lift Jesus up. When you are before Gentiles, hmm. we listen. When we are together, we love the Father through Jesus. But when you are before Gentiles, we always love Jesus because there is no other name given. No other name. That is why the Sanhedrin said, do not preach in the name of Jesus. They didn't say Yahweh. Hmm. Peter did not say Yahweh. Because hmm. everybody said Yahweh, hallelujah, Yahweh. He said, no. Jesus. Jesus. He could have said Yahweh, there would have been no trouble. <laughs> you are Yahweh, we are Yahweh, we are all Yahweh people. He didn't say that. Because the name given is not Yahweh, the name given is Jesus. Hallelujah. Is Jesus. So the new covenant is different from the old mm. covenant. Yahweh is Jesus, but the name given to man is Jesus. Mm. So you have to say Yeshua or Jesus, the name of Jesus. That's how you witness. What makes it different? Jesus. Mm. 
I am just an earthen vessel like you. So don't glorify me or I am not. But it is Jesus's. <laughs> and I will tell you the difference between my Jesus and you is that you know what. For you, you are under the law. So you have to be perfect. For me, I try to become more like Jesus. But I have always room to fail. Mm. If I fail, I have mercy. If you fail, you have no mercy. <laughs> That's my God. My God wants me to be perfect. But he says, I will make you perfect. But you know what? There is always room for me to fail. When I fail, you know what I do? That's how you witness. Because these are things which they do not know. It's nothing, it's, that is not there in the religion. Yes. It's not there in any religion. Yes, yes. You know what? When, when I, your, your God allows you to fail, yeah. When I fail, you know what? I can go run to him and say, Daddy, I have failed. You call him Father? Yes, I call him Father. Because hmm. I am his son. I can say, Daddy, I have failed. What do you receive? Say, forgiveness. Hmm. Forgiveness? Every time? Every time? Why? Because, understand, dear sir, he died for my sins. He died for my sins. He didn't die for his sins because he did not die. He died for my sins. Therefore, my God says, come boldly and receive mercy. Hallelujah. You need to realize, you say, my God says, you can have boldness to receive mercy. Boldness. That's where my God is different. My God is a merciful, kind, loving God who demands perfection. But he says, I will do it through you. That's the difference. When I fail, I can go to him. And I am never condemned by God. I'm only condemned by myself. He never condemns me. I walk under condemnation only if I don't go to him. But if I go to him, there is no condemnation. Okay, and that's how we put across Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is our witness. Yes, we pray to the Father, but we always end up in the name of in the Jesus. Son. It's through the Son. Mm. We pray through the Spirit to the Father in the name mm. of the Son. Okay, Jesus has to be brought there. Jesus has to be brought there. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we'll call it a die. Amen. Yeah. Praise okay. God. Yes, as a human form, a character that may be understood, admired, loved, respected, or even feared and hated. Would you agree? Yes, the feared part also has to be there. Mm. Because when they call you to do certain things and you say no, no. and when you say is that, you know what, I cannot do that. Even as my God is a God of love, there are certain things that is no. And his judgment is also terrible. Therefore, you know what? I am sorry. <laughs> like Joseph. Willing to go to prison. Willing to go to... Why did, why did he go? Because the story would have known out. Inside out there, they would have known this guy is innocent. He's been sent over there and they will look at him and say, you mean you came to prison because you said no? Hallelujah. <laughs> and he will say yes. Yes. Why? Because my, my God. God does not tolerate his son. Sin. You mean he doesn't tolerate sin at all? Yes. What will he do? He said he killed his own son for my sin. Hmm. That how severe he killed his own son, son for my sin. That's how severe is so that they hmm. will fear him. That's what Paul will say in Romans eleven twenty two. Consider the kindness and the, severity. and the severity of God. Okay. So that's what the Bible says. We are the aroma of life. To those who are being saved, the aroma of death. So those people 
like many of those democrats all over there no they will hate you they will hate you but that hatred should be welcome you can't be pleasing to everybody then there's something wrong with your witness they will hate you there are lot there are people who have sold themselves over to the devil they will hate you for your witness and that's perfectly they will they respect you and fear and hated it's okay that's fine if they are hating you without any reason without a cause without they hated jesus cost. without a cause mm. yeah, they hated christ without mm. a cause they mm. hated stephen without a cause they hated paul peter all without a cause that's fine because of what you stand but if you are hating them i don't hate you jesus did not hate them he said father forgive them but they may hate you and that's because of what you stand for and that's what the bible is talking about to one side are more life the other side are about death that's fine but they should not hate you because you are obnoxious that you have to be very careful they should hate you because of what you believe is true no because that's what they said they did not receive the light because of the darkness that was in them, them. they loved the darkness they loved the darkness therefore they did not come to him. Mm. that's fine that's okay with us but we don't hate them we cannot hate them so be a witness home workplace all of you work be a witness in your work and ask god every day you have to be filled continuously each mm. day you need a new infilling because the people you meet tomorrow and the challenges you face may tomorrow may not be what you face today it's not the same so you need power every day and that's the thing you go jesus that why do you think jesus went to pray every early morning he's asking for more and by the time he reaches the cross he's filled with admission <laughs> <laughs> absolutely filled with admiration the father was filling him filling him filling him filling him filling with the challenges are increasing because he says he's he through the spirit he the yeah. through the eternal spirit he offered yeah, himself, himself on the cross so mm. he has to be filled with admiration because the challenges he's facing in his mm. last three and a half years each day the pressure is increasing mm. the demands on him from the crowds from the disciples then crowds are leaving disciples are leaving and he still has to stick to that goal the father has given without flinching so he needs more power and finally gets so many then the beating thing <laughs> he has to have it so the same thing same pattern god is saying fill me lord tomorrow's challenge first thing in the morning and go put it right with god and then ask lord i need more of you today lord need fill me lord more more because i'm an earthen vessel but the treasure is you so that they will know the excellence of the power is you because lord i want to be a witness lord thank you that's lord. a simple thing lord i want to be i want to be a witness of you i want to be a kind because you are kind one yes. thing i've learned about jesus christ is kind mm-hmm. he's a very kind person it's a very humbling it touched my heart to hear from a hindu with all of this thing he called me to the side sir can i speak to you <laughs> and i said sir your words touched my heart and you know sir you preached that entire Mr. sermon smiling <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever in 25 years has said me something like that you know that is what it basically i see kindness in mm. <laughs> you know kindness in is what my prayer is lord i just want to be kind i'm not compromising but i want to be kind because it is your kindness which will turn people to repentance severity is for those who have fallen in the faith kindness is for the people who are outside yes. you need to understand for the people who are outside it is the kindness of god it didn't matter who they were 
what that situation was that you were very kind to them because it's what are you you always have to look at your objective what are you trying to do are you trying to save souls or are you trying to prove a point yeah the thing is that this is my prayer i don't want to prove any point i want to save people man i don't want to win an argument because usually when you win an argument you lose a person yeah i don't want to win arguments or rather lose an argument win the person, person. Mm-hmm. i don't want to lose persons because that is the whole purpose we are here to win people and one thing i know for personally from scripture it is the kindness of god that causes us to repent we don't compromise the truth but the truth has to be covered like a what you call it uh, white vitamin tablet sugar sugar nicely kindness but inside yes the truth will save you but if truth is put across in very unpalatable words they will reject the truth when it could have saved amen could have saved them that was what god was trying moses was the person that was chosen by god at 40 at 40 he was unpalatable <laughs> was unpalatable he had the truth but in his hand was the sword god said that's not who i have called at the time he's 80 he's a humble meek man he said take the shepherd's rod and go you don't need a sword to save my people you can't save the people with the sword the sword is for the enemy not for the people you need to save my people with the shepherd's rod mm. that's how we saved israel man. get this picture is very 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 clear okay they were faster because you are young mm-hmm. we are giving you precious knowledge the earlier you become that longer god can use you man so this is all virtues could we all learn took a long time to learn this but now they have we have learned it we cling to it with dear life because <laughs> you realize oh lord i wish i had learned this 20 years ago life would have been different it was not faith i'm telling you you listen to my messages from old times to today my faith has never changed what has changed is virtue mm. my faith was always the same i've never seen look at my messages i have never changed the core mm-hmm. faith wise it has never changed the core actually in terms of power faith has power and more power in the beginning than i have now i would see miracles and things happening in my ministry but you know what i'm trying to add other other things because i realize when you stand over there power all those things are irrelevant god will first thing god is going to look at is where is your virtue mm-hmm. as your virtue i wanted you to conform to the image of my son so that i could give you an eternal inheritance i'm not going to be judged for my faith i'm going to be judged for my virtue mm. and the first virtue is going to judge is your love because god is love you don't need much knowledge you end up with heaven primary class failed class 10 seven times failed full of love god says take charge of 100 cities <laughs> knowledge is not what knowledge of god is a different thing the person of god is not looking virtue is important don't ever get this wrong it is so important that the holy spirit puts it right after faith and i'm telling you our whole issues in an interpersonal relationships is that we are not getting it hmm. and it all starts with the ear we are not hearing hmm. <laughs> yes in our mind we are not hearing we are debating arguing and not hearing, arguing not hearing. hearing we have to look at your spouse you have to look at the people your family we are one body mm. we don't have to win an argument we have to put it resolve issues because in a home whoever wins the argument has lost 
lost. We don't, we don't argue. This is the issue. This is what we need to resolve. And you know what? I can resolve it. It may take a longer time. But we can resolve it. It will take lesser time. Because one can put a thousand mm. to flee. Two can put two thousand. If two of you agree on anything on earth, the devil knows the power of a husband and a wife who can pray together in agreement. He knows the power. So you know what? He will cause conflicts to see there is no agreement over stupid things. Stupid things. Hmm. Okay. So we have to learn to hear very carefully. Okay. By now, you should know your spouse. Okay, He's not angry. This is the issue. Don't should not matter anymore. This is what he was trying to say. I said, okay, got the issue, fine. I'll resolve it. It can be resolved. We need to be able to hear from each other. Especially men should not learn to hear from their wife. And a wife repeats the same thing over and over again. Remember, there is an issue, mm-hmm. unresolved issue. When a husband repeats the same thing over and over again, the wife needs to listen carefully and this is the issue. That's why it is being repeated over and over again. That is the issue. You handle that issue, things will fall into place. Hearing ears and seeing eyes. That's how it works. And then, the grace will pour from your lips. Okay, that's what about written about Jesus. Grace was poured from his lips. In the old covenant, it talks about it. His lips were gracious. I love that mm. about Jesus. You read though. He was. You do you know that he was only tough with the religious people. Yeah. Never touched tough with the sinners. Never tough with the sinners. Samaritan woman, five men married, divorced, six men, woman caught in adultery. Never tough with them. Very gentle with them because he's trying to save them. Religious people who think they are saved is very tough with them. Woe unto you, woe unto you, woe unto you, woe unto you. <laughs> but you need to realize, with both sets of people, he's trying to save them. Mm. To the religious people, he's being so tough by saying that with all your religiosity, you cannot be saved, so I'm going to be tough with you. The core intention, he's trying to save both groups. But with them, he knows this is a smoking <laughs> flax. This is a bruised reed. I put a little more pressure. It That's will a break. <laughs> this is this need to be broken. <laughs> this needs to be broken. Yeah, I need no. to be tough with them. At the core, that is what the Bible says: speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. At the core of his heart, he loved people. And that's the core you have to look. I want to tell you, and I have done counseling with couples over centuries. I know that old, but the first thing I look at them, one of the questions I ask is that, do you love each other? Because mm. if you don't love each other, nothing's going to work. Nothing's going to work. <laughs> okay. But if one person says, you know, I have stopped loving, my heart is cold, I know you are in trouble. Why? You are in trouble. Your marriage is actually on the rocks. It's not going to work. Because what is held together is love. Hmm. If you love each other and you have so many issues, angry, fighting, it's still workable. Workable. But if you don't have love for one another, it is difficult. Then you have to go back and go to the core, do an investigation. When did you stop loving? What happened? What caused you? What is that? Okay, we have to tell them, okay, 
stop here. It is not that you don't love each other. It is just being covered with a whole lot of hurts. Hurts That's what I said. All the problems in the family is caused by words. It's not caused by words. Can kill. Now you don't need to do that. Start going back. Okay, start going back. Apologize. Ask for forgiveness. And then start changing your words. Because what was made by words can be taken back only by words. Hmm. Jesus asked Peter. I do not know him. He cursed this thing. Jesus comes and says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> Peter, do you? Lord, do you? Hey, you created damage with words, right? <laughs> Shall we repair it with words? <laughs> Simple things. What has been damaged with words can be repaired only with words. That is what God is telling the church in Ephesus. Go back to your first place. So any marriage can be redeemed if there was love. At some point of time, <laughs> go back there. That's what he talks about Israel. Do you remember when you were young? Do you know what, what Jacob said? Do you know your zeal for me when we were young? He says, I remember. I remember. He's telling Israel, I remember when you were young, I brought you out of Egypt. I remember the way you loved me. The way you loved me, I remember. Just be alive and go back. Which is true in every marriage. There is every marriage, there is a period called honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? For your eyes only. <laughs> for your eyes only. <laughs> Where you had time only for each. All that. Just go back. Erase all the terrible things from there and go back and start giving that same kind of attention. Maybe you may not have so much time because you're busy now, children work and all, but okay, relationship is equal to time. That is the issue. Mm-hmm. Time and words and kind actions. Little little things. It's not a big thing, it's mm-hmm. little things. You know, with children, little things. The children, it's a simple with small children is very simple. You know to make make them a pastor video, of course, yes, a priest tomorrow. It's a simple thing to do in the evening. Let's come and play a game. You're the best daddy in the whole world. <laughs> Very easy to make children happy. Don't try to make them play your game. Mm, disclaimer. Hallelujah. <laughs> Please play their game. Very honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'm telling you as a father, their games are much more fun than ours because in their games there is innocence in it. Mm. Ours is very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> we have to crack our brains. There is a no-brainer game. It's lots of fun. You will have it. Okay, simple things. You don't need much time for that, but give that time to your spouse, to your That's children. Right. They are small, especially. Let them carry this in their minds. You know what? I That's what I carry in my mind. I look at my mom, bedridden. My dad died the way he was. But the memory I have always of my childhood was that the first 12 years, home was happy. Happy, happy home. It was okay. There was violence and there was alcohol. This thing, but I canceled that always. I never even think about it. But the other side of it was happy, happy, happy home. Did we have anything? Hmm. We had one Hardly. bush one bush radio. That's all we had. We had no TV, we had no theater no theater, <laughs> no movies. Entire year, no movie. Unless we came to Kerala, so one movie that was a tribute. No movie, no theaters, nothing. Absolute no newspaper. Newspaper comes once in thirty days. No letters, letter comes once in thirty days. Nothing. 
nothing connected with that way. But home was so happy. No sh- shopping, nothing to shop. Food was simple, but home was happy. Very, very happy home. You know? So you should not, your children should not have regrets mm. when they grow up and when they go away. They should always want, you know what, vacation comes, I want to go home. Mm. I want to go home. You know, because home is a happy place. And you know why, unlike old generations in the Bible and previous generations, I've met older people, older, my father's, grandfather's generation, godly, born-again people. They were always waiting to go to heaven. Because they always thought about heaven as a home. So they were always waiting to go home. But today's generation does not think about going to heaven because heaven is home and home is a miserable place. You need to understand why this is fundamentally important. Hmm. We, have been deconstructed. Mis- <laughs> we have been deconstructed. <laughs> you need to realize we have, have been, been deconstructed. deconstructed. <laughs> but home is a peaceful, happy place. When that it is, you will connect it with heaven. And when death comes closer, you know what? I'm going home. Hmm. What is your connection? My home was a happy place. I'm going to a happy place. I'm not going to a sad place. I'm happy to go because my home was happy. But you look at a generation of children who are growing up. If they're growing up in broken homes, unhappy homes, miserable homes, homes where it's only conflict and fighting, you tell them, you're going to heaven and heaven is home and God <laughs> is a father. They say, can I stay back in the world? Can I go to hospital? <laughs> Can I go to hostel? Can I go to a hostel? No, that's how you have to think. That's how it works. Sorry, I took time. Praise God. Awesome. Okay. Thank we are you going Jesus. home. Amen. We are all going. It will be a happy place. Okay, I'm telling you. Heaven is a happy, happy, happy place. No misunderstandings, no fightings, no shopping. <laughs> Because Christ is all in all. All in all. And therefore, he cannot have misunderstandings. Hallelujah. Then we will know all the misunderstandings we had there. And we will look like so stupid, so foolish. This is what you thought about me. And I thought this about you. Sorry. I think first thousand years, we will be all saying, sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. And then we will start living. Hallelujah. Okay, Pastor Vijay. Okay, okay. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Father. Once again, Lord, we commit our young couple, Brune and Shrita, Lord. 24 hours, young man, young child of yours, married. Pray, Lord, your hand would be there upon him. Father, literally, Lord, guide them through this, this journey, Lord. Let their marriage to be a blessed, happy marriage, full of power, they to be a witness of your kindness and your goodness, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. I commit every home, every child, every bachelor, every young lady who's waiting to get married, everyone around the world listening. Father, I pray our hearts would be full of love. We have hearing ears, seeing eyes. And I pray, Father, teach us to speak with grace. Amen. Yes, Lord. Even Ace, Lord, I pray for him. Touch his lips. He has power, he has authority when he speaks, but I also pray, Lord, grace would be poured upon him, Lord. And all the others, they are worried. The church in there is upset, worried. But, Lord, you are teaching us that I should be in heaven. Not on yours. We have nothing here. Hmm. We are trying to bring your will down on hmm. earth and not to have our will on earth. Yes, Lord. Lord. 
And therefore, Lord, whatever happens over here, it is good with my soul because we know where we are going. We also know when we are on earth who is in control. You mm. are in control. Nobody mm. else is, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank, Thank you, Lord. I speak comfort, rest, strength into every heart and mind. And I pray, Lord, in our church here, every church, ours, every home will be happy, peaceful tonight. And everyone will come to your home as we gather as a family tomorrow, Lord to receive from you and to adore and to worship you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. 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 amen.